This is Shudders Inc. with Bruce Williams and Glenn Lavender. Hi, and welcome to episode 527 of Shudders Inc. This is Bruce Williams from ShuddersIncPodcast.com, and joining me from Melbourne, Victoria, once again from CreativePhotoWorkshops.com.au, it is Mr. Glenn Lavender. How are you? Morning, all. <laughs> You're rugged up, mate. Is it a bit chilly down there? I just came from outside and taking the kids to school. It was a bit, uh, <laughs> a bit, a crisp. bit chilly. But yeah, yeah. So I've just put a jacket on. Fair Not enough. I wear very often, but just felt the urge. Fair enough. Fair it's enough. Kind of nice. It's nice to be able to wear a jacket. Sometimes, yeah. You don't always wear one, so sometimes right. it's nice to put it on. Yeah, sure. So. Sure. You're, you're sounding a little bit m- mellowed out today. Are you all right? Yeah. Uh, next question. What's going on? No way. Too much, nothing I can talk about here. Oh, okay. It's all good. Anything interesting in the last couple of weeks? I went camping and fishing for two, for three days, which was good. Nice. Yeah, so I met my mate. I've been planning, we've been planning an annual trip for the last 10 years. <laughs> this is the first one we took. <laughs> that sounds like James and I and our motorbike rides. We haven't been. You seem to have them, yeah. though, at least, you know? We haven't had one for about two and a half years. So, yeah. This is, this is literally probably a decade. Wow. Of, of planning and. So now so good. So we went up to um, a place called Corion, which is up on the New South Wales border, and right. camped on a little private property right by the river. And put up t- I bought a new nice. tent to go. Not because I, I bought a new tent a little while ago, but it's like a ten-person. So I built, built a little three-person up in two minutes, down two minutes tent, which is brilliant. Nice. Yeah, just sort of camped by the river and did some fly fishing and. Um, couldn't find any fish and um yeah <laughs> right good weekend yeah did some cooking that's good your team got up and beat my team and you weren't even interested i know I mean, that, that's kind of the irony that uh, i mean well your team worked out no they were yeah 14 players out of uh, 22 out for covid does make it a bit tough uh, for um, those who don't for those who don't know that, aussie rules uh you have what is it, 18 players on the field at any one time? Yeah. And 14 and of our team bench. were replaced yeah. from the week prior, mostly because of COVID. I think 12 were out for COVID and two were out for injury. It was just, yeah, we, we yeah. never had a hope. So, But, no, you had hope because the people you brought in were all, prem, all, all premiership players, just about six of them were. And, and yeah. the, the media beat it up as, you know, we're playing down to 12s. But uh, the reality, you're still a pretty reasonably competent team. Yeah. And since my team's the bottom of the ladder last year, I mean, you, you had a, a reasonable team to at least compete with a bottom bottom yeah. team. Yeah, but we yeah. we did and, have a um, lot of did, yeah. we had a lot of debutants as well. So, and and to be honest, I think that was the perfect match to bring those new guys in on because, you know admittedly your team has struggled of late and so it was it was a good you know probably fair playing field to give our new guys a a chance you know give them a run on a big paddock with a a big crowd there and and get used to that environment and that atmosphere it's a north it's a north melbourne game so it's definitely a big crowd you know i think there's 18 people there i think it was just i think i think it was just a couple less than people on the ground yeah it's funny, it's the only game I've ever seen where uh, the players cheer the fans because they're loud. It's more often. Anyway. But, uh, all, all the forums on the uh, the social medias, they're all yeah, absolutely, yeah, for all the North, North Melbourne biased ones, 
were all going to town on how crap North were and how absolutely terrible and they should be ashamed of themselves. And I'm saying, you know... No, I thought they played pretty well. Well, well, because well, I, I, I was away, so I didn't get to see the game. So I watched it like the next yep. day when I got back. And so I was expecting just absolutely lamentable, terrible quality. And sure, they weren't great, but they weren't pathetic. They weren't that no. bad, you know? Um, and and the, the whole thing boiled down to you're in a you're in a lose lose situation with a game like that. If you don't if if you if you lose, my God, you're the worst team that's ever played. Yeah. If you if you win but don't win by yeah, a huge margin, you're terrible. <laughs> so the the only the only, only way you can you can be successful in a game like that is to absolutely trounce yeah. the opposition, and that's. It's not the way modern football's played. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it, all you have to do is man everybody up, put one player on another player, and it makes it pretty yeah, tough. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, and then we lost two, our two best midfielders in the first half, yeah. which doesn't help either. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was, it was, it was an interesting yeah. game. But yeah, we'll take the. Yeah. we're not going to get many more this year. <laughs> we're not going to get many more this year. So we'll take the take the ones we can. Hey, get. to be honest, I don't think my team's going to get a whole lot of wins this year either. So. No, they're, they're definitely on the downward spiral too. Yeah, we so. need a whole new approach. Uh, we really do. And I I don't like bagging out coaches, but I just feel like Simo yeah. has only got one game plan and now oh, every other nah, team knows nah, it. No, nah, nah, don't give me that <laughs> crap. Every team only has one game plan. This whole garbage about plan B is just, oh, you've got no plan B. You've only got one. Yes, do you know how long it takes? <laughs> To get one game plan working, years and years of drilling into a, into yeah. a team how to play. Of course, you've only got one game plan because it takes. <laughs> it takes but, uh, but I would agree that I me mean, and, and I love Adam Simpson because he used to be the captain sure. of my team. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's the loveliest of guys, but yeah, he's been there a long time. Mm. You know, it's it's he's, he's had the success. You know, I think it's time to. It's yeah, either that or or life. I think he needs to allow some of the older players to be, you know, put on the bench and, and let some of the new, younger, hungrier players get a bit more running time. Um, yeah. Anyway. It's tricky. Yeah. It, it's like anything like where you've got to choose one group of people over another. Yeah. Yeah, and, a, and a, to use yeah. the American terminology, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback. You know, when, yeah, when you're not the yeah, guy having yeah. to come up with the results. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, photography wise, did you take your camera away on the weekend? I took my iPhone. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I did. I take, took my iPhone and uh, deliberately took a bunch of photos, knowing that Apple would turn it into a lovely little movie with titles and music. Of course, all all for me. And did it do that? Uh, so I, it did, it did that. It was lovely to, to just sit there and I was sort of having a bit of a tough week or so and, uh, and just sit there and look at those memories. Yeah, even two, two or three days yeah. earlier, it, uh, it, it lifted the spirit somewhat. Yeah, because you're back in the city, but you get that opportunity to revisit when you're out in the bush yeah, in the solitude. Yeah, and, it's, and, the... and it's a sequence. It's not just looking at a photo, but a sequence yeah. of photos. And, yeah. and it's not the same as looking at a movie, a bit of video footage, which... Video footage is one moment over a long period of time, yeah. whereas that, that when you put together a slideshow of images, it's lots of moments at the same length of time. Yeah. So, yeah, so that that was pretty cool. So, so, so I took that with the deliberate intention of taking photos, and um, yeah, nice. and I couldn't remember if it was waterproof or not. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I decided to put it underwater to take a photo of a trout, yeah. and we'd find out. Uh, I put it underwater. The trap took off before we take the photo. 
and it, it kept on working, but then I went to plug it in to charge it, and it wouldn't charge because the inside the charging port was wet. <sighs> so that's the only downside. So uh, I would, my recommendation would be not to not to put your phone under water if it's really low on battery. Right. <laughs> it's going to be a while. But I suppose they've got those Qi chargers. I could have done something like that, I guess, yeah, where you don't have to you know, charge your plate as opposed to plugging it in. Right. Yeah, I have to charge yep. things up. Yeah, so I took a, took a little bunch of photos. We saw some. It's strange. I saw the, a, a weird part of the sky because the, the skies are beautiful up there. But we, we stood and watched or sat and watched for maybe an hour and didn't see a single satellite, which wow. in this day and age seems really quite remarkable. Yeah. You know, especially in a perfectly picture. Yet the next night at about the same time, we're seeing them everywhere. Is that right? Wow. Yeah, so it's just, it's just bizarre that. that for some reason, that window of nothingness. Yeah, nice. And uh, yeah, so oh, lovely. But a good time. Yeah, it was good. And uh, yeah. yeah, then I had to fly home and go to see Mid- Midnight Oil, the band. Oh, nice. Uh, so I was kind of a <laughs> after traveling over a thousand kilometers and yeah, walking on une- uneven rocks for three days. <laughs> I was kind of beat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to come on, go to a concert. But that was really good. Fortunately, we had seats, yeah. and uh, that was their last last ever Melbourne concert. So, oh wow! So they're, they're splitting up at the end of the tour, right? So, right. When I say splitting up, they're retiring. Yeah. I've I've got to say, of Australian drummers, Rob Hurst has to be the most interesting to watch. Yeah, he's a good. You know, I was I was watching him on the night and going, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen anyone enjoy themselves as much yeah. as this guy seemed to do up there. Yeah, yeah. He's always got a smile. He's always you know, really enthused yep. uh, and never seems you know, manufactured. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I only ever saw them once, and that was admittedly 30 years ago. It was 92 on <laughs> the uh, Earth and Sun and Moon tour. Uh, but it was just fantastic to watch him in action back then, and I'm sure he's still as good then or today as he yeah. was then. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, this this is a postponed gig because he'd had that's COVID. right. So yeah. um, it'd be interesting. I was thinking, oh, is he going to have any yeah you know, lingering effects? But he certainly seemed to have plenty of energy, which is uh, cool. Yeah, I had, I had my guitar lesson yesterday for the first, uh, uh, and uh, my guitar tutor last week was off with COVID. Right. And uh, and to my lesson yesterday was his first lesson back. And uh, the young guy, you know, he's mid twenties, I'm maybe saying, you know, and he, he's suffering complete exhaustion, can hardly function. You oh, know, really? Yeah, a week and a half after, yeah, he's just absolute like chronic fatigue syndrome kind of thing. Yeah, he's, right. He's completely wiped out. So a half hour guitar lesson with me, and he was spent. Wow. You know, which happens when people spend half an hour with me a lot. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Oh dear. Okay. <laughs> All right. Should we talk some photography? And yourself? Have you done anything exciting? Oh uh, well, no. the Tassie trip came and went. Oh, you went to Tassie. That's right. You did too. Yeah. And and it was kind of strange. They were absolutely enthused for me. You know, leading up to the trip, I yeah. flew down there. And he said, oh, we'll have a meeting with the five of us. It was him, his wife, uh, their two chief operations people and myself. And we sat around for two hours and we chatted. And he said, I'll send you off with the two operations guys. Spent a, you know, a couple of hours with them. And I went, okay, no worries. And then about one o'clock in the afternoon, he sticks his head into the studio that I was in with one of the two guys. And he goes, all right, we're out of here. We're heading back to Devonport now because they lived 
you know, in, in Devonport, which is an hour away from Launceston. And he said, we'll talk to you on Monday. And I went, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, catch ya. And at the time, I was thinking, hmm, that's a bit odd. I didn't expect that they would, you know, drag it out any further. And uh, so anyway, flew back home and Monday morning I sent him a text and said, you know, thanks for flying me down. You know, I had a great time. Didn't get a response until he rang me oh. until he rang me at about lunchtime and said, mate, it was great to have you down, you know, loved having a chat, blah, 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 but we've decided that we just don't think you're the right fit for the company. And I was like, wow, okay, sure. Um, what did you say? I, I said to him, I said, mate, was was there something I said or did? And he he sort of skirted around the question and, you know, started praising me for my talents and my experience and kind of made a bit of a half-hearted attempt at, you know, saying that the, the video stuff was more where they were going and I didn't have much experience with that, which just, yeah, I don't know. It, it all felt really odd. And I reached out to uh, a mate of mine in Hobart who knows the company well, has dealt with them as, yeah. a, as a business customer. And he had put in a great word for me the previous week. He had said to them, hire Bruce as soon as you can. And yeah. um, I, I told him the story, and his literal words out of his mouth were WTF. And I said, mate, I know, I'm, I'm just sort of gobsmacked. And he said, mate, they were so hot for you last week. And I said, yep. I said, all I can think is I, I said or did something, and it just r didn't resonate with them, and yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm still kind of a bit gobsmacked by it, to be honest, yeah, well, a, a week you. and a half I'm later. For you. Yeah. So the, the upshot of it was that, uh, oh, bec oh, you guys wouldn't have heard this part of the story, because it happened after we'd recorded. So on the Thursday, hang on, what day did I fly down? I flew down on the Thursday. So on the Thursday morning, just before I left home here in Gosford to ride down to Sydney to catch the plane, I get a phone call from the ABC in Newcastle, who I did work for back in 2019. Yeah, and the chief of station there said, look, our promo guy has been seconded off to another role and will be gone for six months. Are you available to do a five-day fortnight over the next six months? And I said, you won't believe this. I said, I'm just about to fly to Launceston for a job interview, blah, blah, blah. I told her the whole story. I said, I'll be in a better position to answer that uh, on Monday. And she went, not a problem. And so... When all of this transpired, I was able to go back to her and say, yep, I'm all yours. So I'm now doing a five-day fortnight for the next six months with the ABC at Newcastle doing promos again, which I'm absolutely loving. Uh, I started there on Monday of this week, so I've had two days there this week, and most of that has just been getting back into the swing of things and getting software yeah. set up and all that kind of rubbish. But, um, yeah, so that's going to be a lot of fun. On one hand, I'm kind of a little disappointed about the other gig, but 
course. At the same time, I'm really enjoying um, being back with um, ABC Newcastle because I had a great time when I was there in 2019. So yeah. I expect that I will really enjoy that as well. So, yeah. Uh, I, I, I would have to say that being the flightiness of this decision-making that this company in Launceston did, yep. you might be better off not working for them. I'm kind of thinking that. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking the, that. You may, you, may, you may have escaped. I've had you know, other people say that, exactly the same thing, yeah. but I may have dodged a bullet so, there, so... Yeah, I mean, it's... it's and if they can't be honest and say, hey, look, this is why, yeah. or, yeah, then there's a certain amount of disingenuousness going on there that is never fun to work with anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if you can't have a straight relationship with those people, especially when you're working remotely where, yeah, there's no time for nuances, (laughs) yeah, we need straight to the point. Um, Yeah, I think maybe, yeah, I I certainly understand the disappointment, but the the benefit of hindsight may say, hey, you know, It was the right and, step for And me. the thing is that the role that the incumbent promo producer has been seconded off to is a trial role for the next six months, which may become a permanent thing. Permanent. And if that's cool. the case, then I will be in a, you know, pretty much a pretty darn solid position. good, yeah. good position to step into the role as a full-time thing, so... Yeah. Oh, so anyway, stuff, that's been uh, my uh, my couple of it? weeks. That's just been a hell of a couple of weeks. <laughs> it, hey? Oh goodness. Anyway, should we talk Crazy some photography? Stuff. We I suppose we should. Do you want to cover your stuff first? Uh, I'm, uh, first, I've got a, a little confession to make, Bruce. What's that? I cheated on you. Oh, did you? You've been on another photography yeah. podcast. I went to another photography <laughs> podcast last night. Who with? with? With Cameron and Brendan on the Southern, well, I don't know what the podcast is even called, so Southern Photography Podcast. Right, okay. what they call it. Uh, <laughs> it's a promotion for them. Do you remember <laughs> that list of uh, top 15 podcasts in Australia that we did oh, the other? Yeah, yeah, vaguely, yeah. They were number six. Right. <laughs> we're number five. They were number six. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, I mean, they're up to number six already. They've only got, they're only doing their 34th episode. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, did we actually do that 15? Maybe we didn't do that 15 top podcasts. I don't think we'd actually got around to that. Someone did a blog post in the top 15 photography podcasts in Australia. You need to listen to. No, we did because I think you did number twos last week. Right. Last, anyway, uh, in Australia, listen to, and we, we were number five, they were number six. Yeah. And uh, they only had 13 listed of their top top 15 podcasts. <laughs> they suddenly went to 13. That's right, because Philip Johnson commented on the podcast uh, p- Facebook page that he went to 13. Right. So um, kind of kind of odd. Yeah. So I did. I did. I did. They, they do a video podcast. Oh, okay. So uh, I did. I did. Uh, sort of an hour chatting with them about travel photography and stuff. So from from your current position on your bed. No, I was on the couch. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Stepped it up for them, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Went to the studio. Yeah. You know. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk some photography. What's going on there? Anything exciting? Um, well, I, I can cover the stuff that uh, you we've, your stuff we've received. Yeah. Richard Annable. I, I, want to, I want to listen to your dulcet tones. <laughs> Richard Annable, who we've not who? heard from in Yonks, wrote who? wrote an email and said, 
So, g'day fellas, catching up on episodes, and I'm currently enjoying the first episode from 2022. Yeah, so, so it's lying already. <laughs> About enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel Glenn's pain when it comes to delivery delays. I ordered a Nikon Z9 in late December, and at the latest report, the expected delivery date is August. Normally, the impatient bastard in me would have just taken my money back and spent the nine grand on throwaway things like food and bills, but the Z9 is like a D850 on steroids, with edge-to-edge focusing as well as a much improved AF system, which I cannot wait to use, but I have to, until August. Let's just unpack that for a second. Okay. With, uh, he he lists, of all the features the camera has, he lists the much improved AF system and edge-to-edge focusing. So now we know how he sold it to his partner <laughs> to spend nine grand on the camera. <laughs> they're, they're, they're like, oh, no, it's got much... No, it's oh, the focusing so much better. See, what I've worked with at the moment, yeah, because those really fast-moving brides and yeah, <laughs> corporate functions, you know, I really need the much faster autofocus system. And, of course, they're, they're moving pretty fast, so I need edge-to-edge focusing because they don't stand in the middle when I ask them to. They're running around. <laughs> so I can see how he's... I can see how, how he's decided that nine grand on an SLR to two events is worth it. And secondly, after God knows how many years, Glyn has provided the most serious and best piece of photography advice I have ever heard from him. I'd like to apologise in advance. If you want to be a professional photographer, learn how to run a business. Seriously, the best advice I've ever heard from any photography podcast. Thirdly, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's good. So I do know what I'm talking there about. <laughs> Thirdly, he mentioned Imogen AI. I've been using it for a while now and have used it for weddings, portraits, and events. That combined with Aftershoot for AI culling, I can cull and edit a wedding in three hours, including a quick look through to check everything. I culled and edited a two hour event and delivered it the following morning. Happy to elaborate if you want. Keep up the good work. I'm looking forward to catching up and listening closer to real time. Richard Annabel, the person who created the crap, crap, giggle, giggle saying so dear to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Rich. So in, in, in three months, in three months time that he's caught up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Richard. <laughs> well, he's, he's obviously not been listening for a while, so he can just stick it, can't he? You know? <laughs> he was one of the seven. So it sounds like we've been into six for a while, Bruce. <laughs> Apparently so. But you know, we're like a, we're like a drug. Yeah, you can you can go cold turkey, but eventually the the cravings, you know, it draws you back That's in. It. Since two thousand five, Shutters Inc. has been a labour of love. But beyond the time required to produce it, there is also a financial commitment. If you find value in the podcast and would like to help keep the servers running, hit up the Patreon link, which is in the show notes. Even a couple of dollars a month will help. Much appreciated. Now, back to the podcast. Uh, And then Paul Sutton sent us a whole bunch of uh, different links. The first one is to some wooden cameras, which are replicas of Uh, real cameras. I wouldn't take photos of those. (laughs) Boom, boom. (laughs) 
uh, and he, he made the comment, by the way, let's have it more expensive than the actual product it's replacing as advertised <laughs> in the models below on eBay. And I followed the eBay link, and sure enough, the cost of the wooden replica was more than a, an actual example of the camera. <laughs> so I thought that was hilarious. That's crazy, isn't it? Uh, he then had an article from F-Stoppers, Stuff You'll Regret Buying in 2022. Now, I had a look through this list, and yeah, some of it I agree with, but some of it I'm not so sure. Filters? Yeah, okay. I don't know that I would. I'm pulling up the list. I don't know that I'd necessarily regret buying filters, as long as you're buying filters that you know you will actually use. The stupidest purchase you can make is a UV filter. What a total load of crap. Mm. It sounds harsh, and I will admit to making this mistake myself. I was the case for protecting your front element with one of these. I don't think it adds anything. Well, Hang on, it doesn't doesn't have to add anything. If it protects your lens from getting damaged, that's enough. Yeah. That's not a regret. It doesn't have to add to the photo quality. What it does is it protects your bloody lens. The amount of smashed and destroyed UV filters I've seen over the years that have protected expensive bits of glass. Is that right? We're counting the hundreds. Really? Hundreds. Wow. I used to do that. I used to have a UV filter on the front of my lens all the time. And probably about 15 years ago, I just went, yeah, this is not doing anything because I haven't ever dropped my camera in such a way as to crack a a filter. And I've been shooting without one ever since, and I have never dropped a lens in a way that I would crack the front element. So, Can I just say one thing? Yep. It takes once. Yeah, fair enough. It only has to happen once. And it's not just a matter of dropping. You could be walking along with your camera over your shoulder with a cap off because you're taking photos, and you turn around and, and you just scrape the lens on something. Yeah. You know, there's, there's lots of circumstances where I've seen it. And whilst there's probably a, a slight case, he says cheap filters can also cause unwanted, unwanted lens flare. Uh, I have never seen that either, to be honest. But then don't buy cheap ones. Yeah. It still doesn't mean it's the stupidest purchase you can make. It's a UV filter. I mean, the guy's a moron. Who's writing this crap? Yeah. Uh, not not trying to be uh, opinionated or anything, but what a tosser. <laughs> uh, the person guilty of this is Ilya Ovcha. Yes. A fashion uh, photographer and coach based in Munich. Oh, well, they can stay there. <laughs> yeah, I... I, I would highly uh, endorse the, you know, the don't buy the cheap ones because, yeah, if you're walking around with a, you know, expensive, you know, L series lens if you're a Canon user or a GM lens if you're a Sony shooter or whatever the Nikon equivalent is, you know, where you've paid for the expensive glass, then you don't want to compromise the quality of that lens by putting an L cheapo filter on the front. Yeah, big put a good one on. It's got something make it's gonna make what point zero 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 one percent of a difference. Yeah. I mean, come on, if you can tell the bloody difference in it. You show me all the photos taken that with and without filters and tell me which ones are which. Yeah. You can't just bull bull and, 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 and talking here about UV filters used to be helpful in days of film when UV light would decrease image quality. Well, once again, that's not the purpose. If you live here in Australia and look yeah. at the at the the um, all the gum trees and the haze uh, on them on a, on a yeah. bright sunny day, UV filters reduce haze yep. in the air. Yeah. Yep. Yes, yep. you can do some of that with post, but if, if it's yep. coming in cleaner to start with. 
Yeah, oh, just a, so much the better. Uh, number said, two, well, such as very, hey, well, hang on, oh. I haven't stopped being annoyed by this one. Um, <laughs> there are certain filters such as variable IDs that are helpful in some applications. Well, how generous of you! But those also need to be tip-top quality to ensure the best possible image quality. At the end of the day, bullshit. It's going on Instagram. No one's going to tell the difference. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Number two, rigs or cage cases. Again, I would oh, say... What a, that, what a that, stupid... Uh, rig case is useless unless you do video. Well, they're designed for video people. Uh, that's right. They're not designed for still oh, photographers. I can't wait to see the comments on this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Number three, a light meter. Um, now, I... You know, although I don't use a light meter myself, if you are in the, you know, fashion world, I can see that a light meter might be, you know, worth having in your kit. It comes down to the style of photography you do. If you're a landscape photographer, it's an absolute waste of time. But I don't think it's necessarily a bad purchase for every photographer. I think if you're a studio photographer, it's very handy. Yeah. Yeah. I admit there's not a lot of benefits in other environments um but yeah yeah. anyway you know if you're an astro photographer there's not a whole lot of point carrying a light meter uh the fourth one on the list this is probably the first one i agree with lens balls i'm gonna say it's probably the first one i agree with as well yeah so this is basically just a, a solid piece of perspex that is polished into a perfect sphere and will give you the look of shooting through a, a raindrop where your entire yeah. image gets inverted and distorted like a circular lens you know that that's the kind of thing that you know, you're going to use it once and the next time you go to use it, you're just going to go, oh, yeah, been there, done that, and you'll never use it again. So I, I do agree with that one. Uh, number five, another camera skin. Stu- oh, were you- stupid. No, the next one, another <laughs> stupid. The pinnacle of ridiculous purchases. What an absolute joke. <laughs> I think buying anything you put out, mate, might be the bloody pinnacle of ridiculous purchases. <laughs> I've I've not actually seen a, a skin yeah, like this, but this, I can this, imagine. This is great. I used to have one because um, I, I destroy my camera gear. I mean, they just scrape on the ground. They, they the, all the paint comes off them. I knock buttons off. I mean, I did all sorts of that. These things are great. So they're they're a silicon rubber skin that goes on the outside of your camera. Yeah. Stop bangs and. I mean, knocks. it's not it's not going to protect you from knocking the buttons and dials no, off the camera, no, but, but I can appreciate that it will at least reduce the the number of scratches that end up on the actual body of the camera. So, if you are the type of photographer who once every five years you know retires their camera body and sells it on eBay and then uses those funds to part purchase the next you know replacement, then this could at least help with the resale value of your cameras uh, all, the, all the scrap about not only is it uh, does it not protect your camera well how can it not protect your camera uh, from scratches <laughs> okay it might not stop impact but that's not necessarily what it's designed for uh, but it also yeah. attracts attention to it uh, which is something you shouldn't want well I don't who cares if people look at your camera but I, and, he, and he talks about lens skins not just camera skins I see the wildlife guys using camo versions of those especially on their lenses when you've got a $600 exactly. F4 which is a, a metre of bloody glass you don't want a big metre black or big metre white thing sticking out of a bush exactly so having camera fires, nothing wrong with it at all yeah. if you want a camera skin consider bashing your precious one around for a few years covering it in tape and using it as a tool i promise you you'll be able to tell that your camera is your camera simply by looking at where the scratches are oh, <laughs> it's not that uh, 
If you're a professional, you likely own two of the same camera. In that case, having a camera skin is even more useless because you simply need to put a sticker with one and two. It's not about just knowing which camera is which. Is this about, okay, comment. And there's no comments, is Oh, no, 87. Oh, God. I was disappointed. Give it up. Give it up, Glenn. I've moved well, on. I'll have a quick look. <laughs> I may not use my Minolta flash mode very often, but I certainly do not regret buying it some 25 years ago. It still it has paged itself many times over. The one picture in the article is a light meter and a flash meter, but let's go ahead and split hairs. <laughs> uh, flash meters are redundant in modern workflow. They're designed to make sure that you get a good exposure on film. No, they're not. When you couldn't see it, oh, people are idiots. Um, yeah, you're, yeah, here's, if, you, if people don't know, if you're working in the studio and you're running, say, three, four, five lights, and yeah. you want a very precise amount of light coming out of that and hitting your subject, uh, then you could walk up and position the light bit exactly on the side of the head, let's say, where you want the light to be. It will trigger the flashes and it will read out how much light's hitting there. Yeah. So if you want that, that light to be 5.6 and it's not your main light, so you want the, you've set your main light out, your aperture of your camera's determining distance, etc., etc., with your main studio flash. Yeah. But if you've then got to try and figure all those into the system, you can sit around and try and figure out the math of all of them, or you can just go press one button and dial down your power till you get it to 5.6. You want your next light, you want it to be F4, so you go around, you trigger it, and your power is down to putting out F4. Yeah. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that as a system at all. It works. It's always worked. It'll continue working. Uh, I, I can't read these, these, these things. I can't... Um, nah, move on, mate. Yeah. Move on. Give it up. Okay. Build a bridge. Get over it. I don't, I don't miss enough funny <laughs> stuff. I don't agree for 100% of, with three out of six viewpoints. Um, yeah, so I think I don't agree with most of them. So he's... Oh, is it? oh, I almost gave up. And here we go. This has got to be one of the dumbest articles. I presume written to get responses so Ilya can earn a bit more from it. Yeah. Yes, FS pays more... If there is more interaction, FS, I don't know that one. F-stoppers. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, so F-stoppers, okay. Uh, hence the myriad of dumb... <laughs> they pay more if there's more interaction, hence the, the myriad of dumb articles. <laughs> I'll let the author earn an extra penny just so I can tell him that this is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy goes on for a bit. You know, um, he goes, yeah, clickbait pretty much. Every second word, uh, every single word of Lee's, oh, I second every single word of Lee's opinion. In conclusion, the quality of content is decreasing because of the urge for clickbait and more income. Uh, it used to be quality over quantity some years ago, clearly not anymore. Yeah. Oh, there we go. This article is a disappointing downgrade to the author's normal quality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it goes off. So good, good on him for people for calling that crap out. Yeah. Uh, I really like the next one that Paul sent us. Um, it is photographers' 3,200 undeveloped film roles hold the history of rock and roll. Oh. This is a story of photographer Charles Daniels, not to be confused with the Devil Went Down to Georgia song, uh, who has been ph photographing famous rockers like Rod Stewart, Jimi Hendrix, The Who's Pete Townsend, Aerosmith, Stephen Tyler and others since the late 60s. Now, that's a bit of a stretch because this story actually pertains to a three or four year period where this guy was the photographer at a club in Boston called the Boston Tea Party, which ran from 67 to 70. And he was the MC and the only MC during the, the four years that the club was operational. And he had his camera with him all of the time. And so he's got these 
over 3,000 rolls of film that bizarrely he has never had developed. He doesn't say why in the article, or you probably haven't read it. I, I, <laughs> I skimmed through it. I haven't read every single word of it, but I did skim through it. I didn't see a reference as to why he never had these roles developed. Yeah, just a phenomenal story. And some of the, you know, the, the images certainly do capture a moment in, in rock history that, you know, music aficionados have not seen before, which is great. Not, not that uh, they haven't seen that period, but just, yeah. you know, this particular club or this particular venue. Of course, of course. You know? And who knows what, I mean, the Zaplet, yeah. Zaplet, Pink Floyd. Um, so is he getting them developed? Is this, yeah, this, this, so this? he they reached out to uh, a company called, sorry, I did see it, but now I need to find it again. Film Rescue International, uh, who've been those. developing expired films uh, since 1983, and you know they've, they've sort of started communications with them, and originally inquired about whether or not Film Rescue International would do a bulk discount for you know a, a bulk number of roles, and initially yeah. they said no, we don't. Um, but then when they came to understand the nature of these roles of film. They said, "Oh, okay. Well, this is a project we'd really like to be involved with. So, uh, yeah. presumably, they have come to some sort of an arrangement, and they are going to get all of these uh, roles of film developed. So, pretty exciting stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Like I said they've they've developed a uh, hundred roles uh, using a little grant. Uh, yeah, that, that might be the original uh, original. How how astounding, hey? Isn't it? But just make sure one just hand the other little." nuggets of stuff are out there that have never been seen, you know. Absolutely. Now, I was going to ask you, because I, I, you've had more experience with film than I have, how long will film remain stable in a an exposed but undeveloped state? Lots to do with conditions, you know, humidity, temperature, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, the, it will theoretically stay on for decades and decades. Okay. But it may slowly degrade, so you may get some colour shift. So, yeah. yeah, what was red might be starting to become greens. I, I don't know the exact shift of what colour to colour. But sure. um, you, so you may get some of that sort of stuff. Um, uh, the black and white ones, funny enough, the colours don't shift as much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. But, uh, boom, boom. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so they're, they're, there's generally, uh, if they've been stored well, it's not a major, yeah, they're still going to get something out of them. Yeah, nice. Know? Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so great story. Thanks, Paul. Uh, and the last one he had was from DisplaySynopsis.com. I've not heard of this site before. Uh, but this was just a bunch of, you know, interesting, quirky photographic techniques. And uh, Paul said, seriously, I will try number 15 with the cutout. It reminds me of Coke and filters. A little bit like learning the technique behind magic tricks. All the best with the new job. Yeah, well, new job didn't happen, but anyway. Um, well, yeah, so new job. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, too, true. Uh, so yeah, so this is one you can just scroll through and look at all the pictures and pretty much pick up the uh, the idea of how these techniques have been pulled off because there is no text accompanying them. So yeah. And there's some clever stuff in there. And number 15 that he referred to is simply some, you know, cut-out shapes in pieces of cardboard which you can mount into the, you know, the front flange of your lens over the front element to create yeah. some interesting and bokeh that's, effects. That's a pretty easy thing to do. Yeah. 
Not something I've ever done, to be honest. Me <laughs> And that is my list. What have you got on your list? I don't think I've got anything. Oh, you've got done. heaps. What's the name of them? Uh, Insta360 is releasing a new modular camera, which I thought looked pretty interesting. Uh, okay. So it's, it's basically an interchangeable lens uh, action camera. Wow. And so so you can you can interchange the lens from being a 16mm ultra-wide angle, like a lot of these action cameras are, yep. to a full 360 camera by right. changing lenses. So that, that seemed pretty versatile. And if you're in that kind Is of this the market, first action camera to do interchangeable lenses? I've not heard of anything that else. I've seen, that I've seen. Yeah, yeah right. so I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an expert. Yep. But um, yeah, I thought that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. I did see this week some uh, some photographs, some new photographs of Saturn, sorry Jupiter, with, with probably the highest definition I've ever seen. But there's this great shot of just like the arc of Jupiter with two of its moons in it, and it's just quite stunning. So right. I thought people might might want to see that. Nice. And uh, sadly, and, and I know this will yeah you know, be fairly sad for yourself. Uh, Stephen Will Will Height died this week, and he was. He was the creator of the GIF format, file format. <laughs> the GIF format, right. Well, apparently... No, it's don't get GIF. me started. It's a GIF. Don't get it's me started. GIF. It's not a GIF, it's, it's a GIF. It's, so this is what I was going to talk to you about. <laughs> it's graphics. Gra- gra- graphic, that's graphics, it's the G, the, the word is graphics. What sound does graphics start with? Good. Good. G, not a j. Yeah, so g. it's so it's gif. So, so, but there's a whole video here, and it's pronounced gif, not gif. So apparently, I don't know why. Uh, but the poor old bugger died of COVID, so right. um, that's a bit rough. Yeah, yeah, and and fortunately, someone captured a bunch of little little uh, individual shots as he was going on his last breaths, and they put it into a gif. So he's like, alive and dead. He's alive and dead. He's alive and dead. Alive and dead. Poor bugger. That's terrible. What else on there? I know it's terrible. And the Kickstarter for Thingify. Yeah, so Thinkify brought out um, a launching, a pinhole camera that is a zoom. Well, apparently they've already got a zoom pinhole camera. So what I can gather, the history of this company, they invented this pinhole camera and they kick-started and the thing that made it different is that variable aperture, which is pretty rare for a pinhole camera. Then a few years later, they brought out a pinhole camera that was a zoom. So they had a zoom on a pinhole, which is also pretty rare. And now they're coming out with a pinhole camera that's got a zoom and variable aperture. So it's kind of the two ideas brought together. Right. And I thought that was kind of kind of fun, you know? Yeah. Something, I, I, something, I mean, because once again, it's all about the look, and they do produce a unique look. Am I right in thinking that the variance in aperture in a pinhole camera would simply be the distance from the pinhole to the film plane, or sensor in this case? No. Maybe. No. It'd be the size of the hole. It'd be the size of the pinhole. Right. Because it's like any aperture, it's a hole. Right. So the hole gets bigger, the hole gets smaller. I imagine. I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah. So how do they do it's zoom a, then? The, 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 the zoom, okay, so the zoom would may work from the distance. The, the distance. Yeah, right. I, I looked, but it, that I makes imagine. sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Much like but a regular lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that's, that was just kind of cool. That, that was it. I just had a few little things there. Nice. You know? 
and and that was it. Cool. Yeah. Well, all those well links will be in the show notes for those that want to check them out. Those are desperate ones. That's it. Those have got nothing better to do with their week. <laughs> well, make good to chat. You too, mate. And uh, I hope oh, you have some breakfast. Hope your next two weeks is better than the last two weeks. I doubt it. Oh, that's no good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. If anything, I'm, if anything, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting it to go downhill. Oh, so. That's no good. <laughs> yeah. All right, mate. We'll talk soon. All right, all. Take See care, you. mate. You've been listening to Shutters Inc. For questions, comments, and feedback, email the boys at shuttersincpodcast.com.